It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coming up on today's episode, we break down a huge weekend for the Jets ahead of the massive showdown against the Flames. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rowicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, good to be back at it here. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. And why wouldn't you have after two dominating turn back the clock performances by the jets a couple of back-to-back six goal explosions and we're right back in it baby is it for real is it a, is it a mirage well we'll get into that a little bit why don't we enjoy this right now april's started off on a bit of a hot note and we'll break it all down for you guys ahead of the game of the season midweek for the club we'll talk about that a little bit as well so to break it all down for you guys We'll do it together as a team, a tandem. CJOB's Tyson Rowicki stopping by once again. Tyson, how we doing today? Oh, not too bad. A little Monday, a little NCAA tournament action. Doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, it's a little tough. You had to work so late. This is actually being taped. I mean, there was like 15-ish minutes left in the second half, so I got it recorded, so we don't know what's going on, and the stakes are high in the Rewiki family pool, because if UConn wins, I beat big brother Andrew by a single point for the championship. So there's a lot at stake here. Tyson was out weeks ago, but I'm still in it, so we'll have to uh, hope the Huskies get it done here against the Aztecs. That's going to bug him too. Like that like if you do beat him, he's actually going to be really there's no stakes in this pool either. Like yeah, there's no money. No, there's no, it's it's never which is weird. It's never been a money pool, but this is like I'm in a bunch of like four money fantasy leagues and stuff, but I think I want this title more than that. Like this is this is this is the big leagues, and it's even better when it's one point. Like if I would have like if it's over, like that that to me doesn't do anything. But like the fact that I had to come back from such a big deficit, he's talking trash, and then now he's complaining about the scoring system and all that. It's well, especially uh, when you only pick favorites. Yeah, oh well, yeah, like- it was it was a coward's bracket. He he deserves the L. So hopefully UConn steps up here and gives it to him. Um. But enough of that. Uh, We'll get into what everybody is actually here for, and that's some hockey talk. Most specifically, some Winnipeg Jets talk. And Tyson, ironically, in our previous episode, and I don't know why I said this quote, 
Um, but it's even more applicable now than it was when we last spoke. And it was, of course, a line by Al Pacino from Godfather Part 3. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> I've done better Pacino. I do better impressions <laughs> than that. that. That's not a great Pacino. But, but <laughs> either way, the point still stands. We thought this team was dead and dusted. And it's not even just that they won two games, beating Detroit and New Jersey, right? It's the manner that they did it that I feel like I have to just ask the question outright first because I'm pretty sure it's what everybody's talking about right now, Tyson. Are the Jets back? Like, is is this for real? Can you Can you do such a massive 180? In the span of roughly 48 hours after a 6 nothing and 6-1 victories against the Red Wings and the Devils? Or are we overreacting to what is admittedly an insanely small sample size compared to the past two months of utter disaster? I think it, it is, I think, way too early to be... Wrong. They're back. <laughs> this is a Stanley Cup or bus. No, yeah, go ahead. But, like... It's it's much better. Things are in a much better spot than they were even like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Like I feel like now there's there's something to build on from this group, and they've uh, they've made some different moves to the lineup, putting the Mesnikov up as number two C right now. And you know, there's some people around Winnipeg saying that hey, he might be a, a Paul Stasny 2.0 ad that we get from uh, from uh, for, wait was it San Jose he was with? No, St. Louis. No, it sounded like uh, Nemestikov. Oh, Nemestikov. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there was the whole AC, yeah. Tampa, right. AC Mont, but yeah, the, the trade with uh, the Sharks, yes. Yeah, but the, the, maybe they got a nice little steal from San Jose there, and you move slightly to the weight, and that's something that I think was needed to be done. That, that Like, getting Shifley on the weight and take a lot of responsibilities away from him and kind of let him let him find his game again, try and find some momentum, try and get some, trying to build off some positive things. Um, you look at the last two teams that they played with the with the Devils and Red Wings. The Red Wings are super banged up right now, and they're coming off a back to back the night before in a hard fought game against Carolina. So you could kind of see why the Jets were able to give it to them. Jersey coming off a back to back as well. They are one of the better teams though, coming on the the second leg of a back to back. So that is surprising that the the Devils were so lackluster in that game against the Winnipeg Jets, but. It's positive. And from what's been happening the past couple of weeks, you haven't been able to say many positive things about the Jets. So it is a nice step forward. And I think that you can start to build on this. And hopefully you start to get some guys back from injury. Like Josh Morrissey didn't play against Detroit. You start to get him, let him take a couple of games off. If you can secure this playoff spot before the regular season ends, give him some rest. And I think getting Cole Perfetti back is going to be massive. If he's able to come back for the start of the first round of the playoffs, I think that, just adding that extra depth score, even if he's not necessarily playing in a, a high. Something I'd like to see, honestly, is rolling with a, Culper, a third line, a quote-unquote third third line, of Culper Fetty, Blake Wheeler, and just, I, I don't know how to finish out the line, but I just think that having a line where you sort of roll your number one line with Dubois, Connor, whoever, and I think you use... And I don't want to say use them as a second line because I don't think they should be get it, getting as many minutes, but you're getting them sort of those second line matchups for the most part with that Lowry line. 
And then I like the idea of having a Colbert Fetty Blake Wheeler insert whoever on that third line and just giving them some easier matchups come playoff time. I think that's something that the Jets could roll with, and I think it could be really beneficial for them come playoff time. Well, well, yeah, that, that'll be a future decision to be made, and Cole Perfetti's health is going to be, obviously, the uh, main decider of that one, Tice. But if we could just rewind back a little bit here, the answer to my question was pretty simple. It was, yes, the Jets are back. We are <laughs> so back. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I mean, you, you, look, you're right. There, there certainly were extenuating circumstances regarding the opposition, like the the back to back, like the double back to back, having both clubs schedule wise coming in in a bit of a rough spot there. Specifically, the Red Wings more so than the, than the Devils, I think. Um, and and Detroit has kind of packed it in for the year. If, if you've seen any of their action over the last little while, which I've seen too much of, um, they're arguably the worst team in the NHL at this specific moment because they've just tune it out for the rest of the year so there there are some things that might explain the Jets picking up wins but what it doesn't explain is the fact that Winnipeg looked like a 5,000% completely different team and sure there were some fortunate bounces their way headed into both of those games but what the Jets did was they took those bounces and then beat the brains out of both the teams that stepped into Canada Life Center. It, like I may, it might be different if it was, you know, a couple of 3-2 wins. And it's like, uh, yeah, you won, but did you really prove any? Like, I, I, I think the manner of victory, first and foremost, kind of changes, not necessarily the conversation, but just the the vibe around the team right now. Like you said, a much more positive place there. Um, so I think that's massive. And then I just think the fact that they they looked they looked like they did from earlier in the season. So if you're looking for positives heading into the Calgary game and then maybe even heading into the first round of the postseason, if they ultimately get there, I, I would say this was a pretty damn promising couple of games for the Winnipeg Jets. But the reason I say sort of too is that we just can't be we can't be fooled again, right? Like we can't have the the wool pulled over our eyes here in that. You know, we saw this version of the Winnipeg Jets for extended periods of time already this season. Um, I don't think you can just label them cup contenders back again because they looked like they did when they were leaving the Western Conference or anything like that. But I also don't think they were as bad as they have been as well. Like, I, I think there is a bit of a happy medium here where, um, you know, the Winnipeg Jets, ultimately, when you stack them up against the best of the best in the West, they're going to fall, you know, in that six, seven, eight range, kind of where they are right now. Um, but it is a reminder that they're, and I, I kind of made this point before, there's a good team in there, <laughs> right? Like they, this, this isn't a case of, you know, hey, let's try to get in and, and maybe a miracle happens. Like th- there's pieces here to a good competitive hockey team. Um, I'm just not going to, at the same time, say that, you know what, once the playoffs get rolling, this is the hockey club we're seeing. And away we go to a couple of playoff round victories. There, there's still a long way to go here, but tell you what, we, this this city and province sure as hell needed just a couple of days of of, of positivity here to to wipe away what's felt like a month of no sunshine, um, all that stuff. It, it felt good, at least for the you know for for a couple of days to enjoy a few dominant performances, ones that have been long, long overdue. Yeah, and, and even in that Detroit game. Going into that third period, I thought they played a not great third period, the Winnipeg Jets, against Detroit. 
and then you come out against New Jersey and then you continue on that play that you played in the first two periods against Detroit. That was something that I thought was a really big takeaway from these past two games and just having having that ability to bounce back from a not great third period. It wasn't like it was the sky was falling down. I mean, we could that second goal where if that that Detroit second goal where Dubois broke a stick behind the net and Shifley kind of lost his guy in coverage. I think if that happens in a loss, I think we see one of Rick Bonus's eye rolls, one of his one of his patented quotes because that yeah, was, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to put any stock in a a third period where it's five rip. I, I to to me though, I, I, watching Dubois on that play really shows the question marks of him off the ice. And I'm like, I don't want to be super negative on this episode just because the jets are off to a hot start, but he didn't even move. He literally just stood there and just stood there and let, I forget who the D man that walked in on that shot, but he let him just stand. He stood there and just let him walk in and rip a shot from the high slot. Didn't even, didn't try and skate towards him. And I get, you have no stick. What are you going to do? But the effort, and it was nice to see them bring that effort in the New Jersey game and a game in that Detroit game where I kind of thought that they kind of laid back a little bit. So I, I do like that. They're able to lay back a bit and then pick up the pace again when it's needed. Did did somebody like step on a bag of chips that you had or something like six, a couple of six goal performances and you're just, you're, you're on the team. Give him a bit of a break Tyson. I mean, come on. Hey, you got to look at the whole game, whole game, baby. Oh, Hey, I'll tell you what, if, if, PLD wants to um, go zero effort when the Jets are up five rip in the third period. That's a problem that I think we will all accept here. Uh, what, what did you make as as a whole of the the new look lines? Like you kind of touch on it a little bit there, but obviously the big one being Shifley goes out to the wing, and um, I mean that 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 line. I mean the three players look better than they have in quite some time. But I mean maybe the the biggest eye opener that nobody expected. Moving Blake Wheeler to the second line took 10 years off his career. <laughs> he, he looked like he was in his mid-20s there. Setting up Ehlers for the first goal against New Jersey and then driving to the net, power moves in that game against Detroit. Uh, I, I did not expect a whole lot of that out of that line, to be honest. And they were the driving force for the majority of these past two games for Winnipeg. And uh, well, well, we'll see. I, I, I'm not ready to, you know give Rick Bonus uh, a standing ovation for that move just yet. I don't know how well it's going to continue to pay off for the club as, as we move along here. But at the very least, two games in, two big check marks for the Jets forward group and their new look lines. Yeah, and Blake Wheeler had a really interesting quote. I believe it was today. And um, he brought up the fact that, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he mentioned how Nick Ehler's ability to create time and space with his speed it's just going to open lanes up for him to create with time and space where at this point in his career, he's not able to do that on his own. And I thought that was a very, very interesting quote from Blake Wheeler, where we've heard from like just this past summer with all the, with all the questions about his captaincy and how is he, is he fit to lead this team? You can go on and on and on. I think that just, that was a very telling quote of the kind of mentality that Blake Wheeler has brought to this Winnipeg Jets team this year. And I thought he, I think he, over the whole season, he's, there have been times where you can tell that his age is catching up to him. I thought, I think he's been a lot better this year than he was last year. I think he's been miles better. I, yeah. And, and like, I, I mean, I've been kind of hard on him 
hard on his play over the last little while, but it was more so it, it really wasn't even Wheeler's fault. Am I, it was just like, stop playing him 20 minutes a night when he's out of gas right now. And he kind of, he mentioned that too, with the way the schedule was that, you know, him specifically needed a little bit of time off to kind of, you know, ha- have a chance in these games. But I, I think all season long, he's been way better than anybody could have, I think realistically anticipated he's not giving you $8 million of value or anything like that, but I mean, he's, he's going to get somewhere around 70 points. Uh, and not a lot of it's on the power play either. If you haven't noticed over the last little while, like he he's been, he's been, I think pretty reliable for the team this year. It's just, yeah, it's noticeable that he's clearly lost a step and, you know, on maybe the 15th or 16th hole of his career. Um, but this was a, a nice game for him to kind of wind back the clock, look like vintage Wheeler, uh, but also a reminder that, you know, for the most part this year, he's, he's been pretty sneaky good for the team. And I thought even Nikolai Ehlers, you know, turned back the clock a little bit. He was skating with a little more speed and intensity and and really ramping up the creativity. So, you know, what, whatever happened there, it, it, it worked for the Jets. Like there, there was a, a noticeable increase in pace with the team up front. And I think that's what's been missing for, for a long, long time here. And then even with that Dubois, Connor, and Shifley line, you know, I thought, you know, it, it wasn't quite as, as good as it was earlier in the season, but I thought Mark Shifley was way more engaged. I thought that was the best he's played in, in, in quite some time. But then you have Kyle Connor, you know, finally breaking the score sheet. And he's probably going to score six goals to, to end off the regular season right now, right? Like that, when, when he's going, he's going. And then what I love the most about his goal against against New Jersey um, which I think is a good sign that he's going to break out of the scoring slump that he was in, was that it was just no thinking. Puck on stick, half a millisecond later, puck in back of the net. I think too often this year we've seen when he, he does struggle, it's puck on his stick and it's wait, 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 oh, the scoring chance is gone and they blew it there. But if he's going instinctually like that, then yeah, I think uh, I think we might be getting a little bit of a KFC scoring binge coming up here. And it, uh, yeah, would come at a pretty good time for the Jets, considering five games to go, two points up on Calgary. Yeah, and just to add on the the Kyle Conrad, the the location of it too, where he's going towards the net. It's speed. It's not as much of these kind of perimeter shots where you're taking them from the top of the dot or top of the right on right on the dot. It's right in front of the net, five feet away from the net. It's those are the those are where, especially come playoff time, you're really gonna find your goals. And it's it's great to see Connor find those areas again and like you said he's probably going to go on a huge goal scoring streak right now which would come at the perfect time for the Winnipeg Jets but I just wanted to add one more point on that Ehlers Nemesnikov Wheeler line and how I think that Nikolai Ehlers ability to create a panic in the offensive zone is going to be much it's going to help guys like Blake Wheeler a lot more because when Ehlers can cause a panic in the O zone for the other team they causes them to guys to start switching and kind of and losing places on on the ice and once Ehlers can dish the puck to a guy like Blake Wheeler and the the team that's in the defensive zone is kind of discombobulated that's where Blake Wheeler really shines where you can find those passing lanes and find guys who are open for those high quality chances and I think that's sort of what Blake Wheeler was alluding to in his comments and I think like come playoff time it's going to be a huge thing like we like there's not many players in the league when they got the puck on their stick, teams just back in. And Nikolai Ehlers is one of those guys where teams are just, you, you really struggle to maintain a guy coming that full flight at you. And I think that Blake Wheeler can will really benefit, and I think that he will help his linemates more playing with Nikolai Ehlers. 
Agreed. Agreed. And we'll see what happens with the rest of the forward group there. Should mention, too, as well, I guess two things now that you, you brought up Nikolai Ehlers again. Um, a modern miracle. A power play goal. For real. It happened. We saw it. <laughs> New Jersey. And, you know, I hate to, you know, to my own own here. I actually don't. I love bragging when I'm when I'm correct about something. But uh, do you notice how that goal took place, Tyson, on the power play? Well, why, don't, why don't you tell me, Brad? Yeah, okay, I'd, I'd <laughs> love to. I, now that you bring it up. Um, it was Nikolai Ehlers along that left side coming in, replacing Mark Shifley on that original spot there, which is something that I brought up a little while ago. So good to see there. <laughs> Not just you. Yeah, not just well, okay, fair enough. Yeah, you you you, you copied me. You jumped on my back there. You, oh, well, okay. Um <laughs> but I I mean, look, I I don't know. Maybe maybe if the Jets can get a below average power play at this point, I think we would all take it. <laughs> like anything other than historically inept puts them in a pretty good spot to to do some damage here. So, um yeah, when the, when the power play started to hum there, you knew it was going to be a a pretty successful weekend for the Jets. And then one other note as well. I don't know what else he could really do to get more ice time. Um, but Morgan Barron looking pretty nifty there on the shootout. Hey, finding a way on a penalty shot to uh, get on the score sheet. And I don't know if there is a Winnipeg Jet that deserves something like that more than Morgan Barron has right now. And um, I, I know there's some pretty stiff competition out there on the left side in terms of the left wing depth chart for the Jets, but man, he's a third liner at the very least. You know, however the season goes, that kid's a keeper. Like he's might not be a top six guy, but I, I think that's a good third liner right there. And he just he's continued to be really, really sneakily solid for the hockey club. And I thought great to see him get rewarded on that penalty shot and a great move as well on Vanacek. And and like Andrew Kopp too, he he hasn't really been able to showcase his shot too much but when he has the when he has the puck pretty like, heavy he he does have a heavy shot he's got a very heavy shot and i think that that trade is gonna, just gonna keep on paying dividends as we go down because the new york rangers don't have andrew cop anymore and the jets have morgan Barron and a guy named brad lambert that's that's waiting there Ooh. for them so nice little package there from chevy oh that, that was a beauty of a trade uh yeah that was i mean even when it was barren and like unknown player it was like this is gonna turn out pretty uh pretty good for the club um just checking out elite prospects here to see how brad lambert's been doing uh, now that the uh, dub season is also winding down as well and my computer's not working so we will just assume that he is absolutely lighting up the score sheet right now and is the number one prospect in the NHL, something like that. Um, but yes, a very good trade for the Winnipeg Jets there and um, works for the future, works for the present as well as Morgan Barron continues to play some really good hockey for the club. So two big wins and really two mandatory wins as well because the Calgary Flames keep on winning. Um a pretty wild one against the Anaheim Ducks for them. Much, much more difficult than the Jets uh, found themselves on the weekend. But either way, it's four straight dubs for the Flames. And Tyson, that sets up the game of the season. Pretty much winning you're in if you're the Jets. Like four points up with four games to go and the tiebreaker. As well as it being a completely debilitating victory and, and, and loss if you're the Calgary Flames there. I, I would call this win and you're in if you're the Winnipeg Jets. How you feeling headed into this one? 
And do you do you have a prediction of what might I, I'm not a huge like prediction guy, especially during regular season games. Playoffs, it's a little different. But I, I got a sense of how this game is gonna turn out. I'm I'm wondering what are you feeling? What are you worried about? What are you positive about heading into this one? Um and matchup wise, is there anything that the Winnipeg Jets should keep an eye on here? I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this game going into this game. I mean, you have Calgary coming off a game the night before and I'm not going to mention any names, but anyone who says that the jets have a tough schedule and that the schedule is really taking a time. It's, you know what? Every team has got tough schedules. Okay. Like that, that, that's one of my least favorite excuses that, that people make about a team, no matter like what in the NHL is that our schedule is too hard. First of all, it wasn't, if you really break like if you, Look at it from a statistical standpoint. It wasn't one of the hardest schedules yeah. in the league. And now you're seeing that at the end of the year, you're waiting at home for these teams to play a game the night before and then come into Winnipeg. So th- that's a huge, huge advantage for a team that right now is starting to click too. And think of a team like Calgary, you go into Chicago and maybe they give you a bit. You're, you're already thinking to that Winnipeg game. You're, your head's already there. You're already like, okay, we got Chicago. Then we got to go into Winnipeg, and that's where we take care of business, and that's where you can get problems. That's where a team like Chicago can maybe surprise you with their speed, with their young guys, and maybe capitalize on a couple chances. And we saw Jacob Markstrom, who has been playing better the last little bit, get pulled against Anaheim after facing 10 shots and putting Dan Vladard in. And so that's a little a little piece to keep an eye on, too, because his confidence this year has gone on in waves. It's been up super high. He's been really good, and then it goes rock bottom where he lets in literally like a goal on every five shots. So I think there's a lot of things right now that are building in the Jets' favor for this game, but you just can't count out a team with that. The Flames are a lot like the Jets in a lot of ways. (laughs) They've got a, the past couple seasons, not seasons, the past couple weeks, they've had a goalie who's been at an elite level who hasn't totally played up to standards. You have some forwards who aren't necessarily putting their end in on the defensive end and not producing on the score sheet. Like you look like a guy like Jonathan Huberto. No, and- <laughs> not, being, not, not him. Right. He, he must've been doing good this year. Hasn't he? But he, and he, he is, he's coming up with some clutch goals lately. Like that, that goal against Vancouver to tie the game up late. And it's, it's going to be a really good one. I think, I think both teams realize what's at stake here. And I think that, and you look at the playoff, the, the jets playoff odds, if they get a win, they jump all the way up to 80%, I believe. They lose. They drop all the way down to 49%. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and, and a, that's, a loss makes it 50-50, I, I would imagine, right? I mean, you're, you're tied in points with four. <laughs> that'd be pretty wild. Tied in points with four games to go. Um, you mentioned there the two goalies for the Flames, the two sub-900 goalies for the Flames and Mark Sherman and Vladar for Calgary this season. Um I guess good news is you're going to be seeing both of them on Wednesday night. <laughs> I I I think the Jets absolutely number two pump the Flames. I I just I don't think it's going to be close. Wow. I, I mean, it's funny Calgary has these four wins in a row. Um, could you have like a least convincing four game win streak in the history of the NHL? Yeah, no <laughs> like, like you barely get by. Uh, both the Canucks and then the Anaheim Ducks. You, you don't play all that well against San Jose either. You hey, better than the Jets have done. They did pick up a win against San Jose there, and then a tight win against the Kings. 
But I, I, just spidey senses going off for me in this one. I, again, I don't think it makes the Jets a dark horse or anything like that when it comes to you know winning a round or two in the playoffs. I, I just think I'm, I'm believing in where they're at right this second. I do think they've done a 180 right now, and I think if you're looking at how each team is playing going into this one, I know it's only two games for the Jets, but they play like they did against Detroit and and New Jersey. I I think it's going to be worse than than six one six two. And uh, Calgary to me seems like a team as well. I know that they're coming back against these awful teams, but the Jets put up three in the first. They're just going to roll over and die. And um, it's it's a Flames team that hasn't really inspired much confidence that they're going to do a whole lot of anything here down the stretch. Um, I, I I just think everything's setting up nicely for Winnipeg here, and I think we get another big big offensive explosion. Um, hopefully Calgary's not taking too many penalties and the power play has to be relied on here. It could just be five on five magic here, but I think we see Ehlers and Wheeler continue to play well. I think we see the Shifley line do a lot of damage and I'm not too worried about the fact that Calgary rolls four lines here because I just don't think there's a whole lot of, a whole lot of danger with the top six that that Calgary has right now. I'm just, I'm, I'm not intimidated whatsoever here. So I think, I think the Jets do, you know, take care of business Wednesday night. I think the Calgary Flames have um, half a nail left to go in their coffin. And we're talking about either heading out to Vegas, heading out to Edmonton, or heading out to Minnesota to start the playoffs. I think we could officially book our ticket after Wednesday night. How's that for a prediction? <laughs> I'm I'm really hoping that Kadri and Dubois line up against each other for oh, the majority yeah. of the game. I don't actually. Because I know why you don't, but it, well, I, why? From, well, because I think that Kadri's got an edge in and that after the a thousand penalties. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. correct. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that, and that's that's going to be something that's interesting too. Like, this is going to be kind of like that first taste of playoff hockey this season. And how are you going to respond in those in those moments? And where there's a lot of guys on Calgary that have been there before, and they like. It's uh, I'm, I'm I am not as confident as you in thinking that the Jets are going to pump them, but I do think that they're going to everything's kind of going in their way the right way right now. Whereas Calgary, like they, they had that game against Vancouver where they massively outshot them and Demko almost stole the game for Vancouver in that one. But the but like you mentioned, the Anaheim and San Jose games weren't anything crazy. Like it weren't like it wasn't like they were like that Vancouver game where they heavily outshot them, heavily outchanced them, and just ran into a hot goalie yeah I, but that that's calgary all season like the and it's the daryl sutter thing too where it's like okay you're out shooting them like 40 to 20 but 20 of those shots are from your third pair defensemen just blasting right like they, they, they've never been a, a quality team in terms of, of scoring chances they just rack up you know shot after shot after shot on the shot clock and you know hope that eventually at the end of the game it works out for them that way uh, yeah I, I i don't know i just i Honestly, if you would have asked me about this like two months ago, I would have said, you know what? The Flames are going to find a way to to pull away. But they've they've stunk. Like they're just they're not they're not the same team anywhere near the same team that we saw last year. Well, and, um, and I, I I do think that a lot of it has to do with the head coach. I mean, we saw it with Elaine Vigneault on the Flyers. Like I, I just think Daryl Sutter has, as far as shelf life goes, um, a season or so, and that's about it. And and these guys have have had enough here. But I just—it's it, a combination of the—I think the Jets finding their stride, and I think they—they they show up for games like this. It's—it's it's other games during a regular season that they tend to 
you know, kind of sleepwalk through. I don't think we're going to get that issue in this one against Calgary. But, you know, it's the Jets playing better now. And I, I just don't like this Flames team. I, I don't think they're going to pose much of a threat in this one. Yeah, I I don't have too much to add on that other than we'll, we'll see. And I think the Toffoli, Toffoli, the thing about Toffoli is, is that he's just a sniper. I like I've watching the past couple of Calgary games when he when he gets the puck on his stick, you're like this guy's like this guy's either ripping it bar down or he's going fifty feet high and wide. But yeah, I kind of love I kind of that's the, I love that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make it make noise either way, right? <laughs> the Jeff Carter special. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. We were that was feeling good. You have to bring up <laughs> Jeff Carter. Oh well, either way, it should be a beauty. I mean, it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere. And um, that, that that start to the game, I think, is going to be key for the Jets. And if they can come out, they can come out right out of the gate, put one quick one behind either Markstrom or Vladar, and get the ball rolling there. I think it's going to be a pretty damn fun night at Canada Life Center there. So I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. It's a complete 180 since we last did this, which is funny. It's, it's, it is hilarious how quickly the, uh, the, 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 how quickly the turntables have turned here in Winnipeg, right? It's, a completely different atmosphere around the club and um i'm kind of looking forward to talking about playoff hockey to be honest i know there's some people out there with how badly the jets have been in the last little while that are just hoping for a flame out and that sparks massive change and all that i think it's coming either way so personally i'm not too worried about it but um i don't know i I like talking about the hockey when it matters right now and it matters yeah and uh go ahead Oh, I was just gonna say, bring the noise on Wednesday. Like, let's get let's get this arena ready for some playoff hockey. Hey, the, the, the fans brought it in those in those two games. They're, like, they're starting. It's getting it's getting a little bit higher. I was at the, that Detroit game, and the, you know, of course, when the wave comes out, everyone's that's. <laughs> I, oh, I've kind of noticed there's nothing that Winnipeggers love more than the wave. Well, yeah, like, you, you, uh, I'm on I'm on Team Hustler on this. Just I, the way nothing good happens when the wave starts. And I don't think it's a coincidence either that the Winnipeg or Connor Hellebuck lost a shutout against the Devils because the wave started with a couple of minutes to go in the third period. Officially, that's worse than saying shutout while a shutout is going on is doing the wave with a couple of minutes left. I I love the wave. I I'm not gonna lie. I forget what game I was at, but I was watching a Jets game and the wave and ended up coming out at the end. And these two these two guys sitting beside me, the one guy looked at his buddy and just like that was awesome. And you're just, you're just like, well, God, it was pretty awesome. That's, a, but I'm just saying, let's let's get the let's get Canada Life Center bumping. Let's get that playoff atmosphere to another level before we actually get to the playoffs, and then that's when there's a whole another element that the teams aren't ready for. Tyson's dropping the gauntlet, Jets fans. He wants the noise, and I think I think Jets fans are going to deliver in this one. Uh, so going to be an absolute beauty out there Wednesday night. A little bit of an early start as well, which I can always get down with. And uh, hopefully we're breaking that one down, Tyson. Talking about two points earned and a playoff spot all but booked for the club. Uh, but that'll do it for our episode here today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. We'll get back at it. And it's not quite regular programming. We'll switch it up a little bit because, let's face it, it's it's the game of the season. We got to break it down. So we will not be back Friday morning, but instead we will get back at it Thursday morning, breaking down everything that took place between the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames 
with five games to go in the regular season. Until then, though, thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki, stopping by it once again. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday morning. Until then, have a great week. Stay safe and have fun, everybody. Peace.